talking about life, faith, and everything in between. This is Messy Christianity. And welcome back, Messy Christianity. This one is a doozy. Oh Woohoo! Yipper. This is something that um, is not often spoken of. Brent, Kevin, welcome. Hey. We're not. It's not often spoken of. At least it's not spoken of regularly enough. Um, but I think it might be the secret scourge of the church, yeah. um, and it's the issue with porn within the church, pornography. Hmm. So let's deal with this. Let's jump in head first. Uh, first off, let's let's define pornography. Or here, here's maybe some of the parameters. Just to get us started. Let's define pornography. What is porn? Um, What's the old? Who was it? The the judge. I'll find this. You know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. Okay. I, want, <laughs> well, I mean, maybe I do, but just I'm going to look this it. up while you're... Keep, keep talking. I'm going to look it up. So, what is pornography? Um, is it okay? Is it not okay? What's the root of why it's uh, so dangerous? Uh, all of these things. So, so I, I guess I'll start. So, pornography is one of those things that up until the last, I don't know, 15 years or so, um, it was an issue. But it wasn't quite the issue it is today. And the reason is simply practical. The availability of it was pretty much um, uh, pretty much uh, uh, kept to... You had to go to the Circle K or the 7-Eleven, and you had to actually give money to somebody behind a counter and buy a magazine. That was how you were able to acquire pornography. Yeah. Or then, going to the video store well, and getting it on tape in that. But and then the video came. <laughs> That's yeah. right. But yeah. but still there was a there was an there was a public accountability that you had yeah. to go and be seen right. to, to grab it. Right. And I don't know if you know this, you probably do, but the VCR became a household item because of the porn industry. I did not know yes. that. Yes. The VCR was uh, was in competition with multiple other different formats. But the porn industry essentially chose the VCR, hmm. and the VCR became the standard because of so that. So that was the VCH versus beta. The beta, yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, and so <clears throat> then then it, it all became digital, and the explosion of pornography just went gangbusters, hmm. um, which is scary, so scary. Hmm. So not only do you have it more prevalent today, but you also have a culture that affirms and promotes pornography in just about every sphere of life. Mm. It sells hamburgers. It sells vehicles. It sells uh, experiences. Um, clothing. Clothing, absolutely. I mean, it's the old marketing adage, sex sells. Yeah. So how do we deal with this today? Now, and first off, do you all agree with that assessment that, that it's always been there, but it's it's way well, sure. worse now? Well, I would say always be there is, is different terms because we, we, we actually see that in Scripture. Dating yeah. back to Old Testament, now and and you know one of the Marys being accused of being a, a harlotan type, so pornography and and um, tying that in with, with with sexual sin has been a sexual sin itself has been an issue from the very beginning of time, mm-hmm. and we, we've we've seen that all throughout Scripture, very very prominent in the last thirty forty years, and I really think it's part of it is. The way the evil one attacks, if he can attack our mind and destroy the mind, the, the access to it is unprecedented in the history of the world as it is today. Yeah, especially with phones. And, and you know, there's been a progression of accessibility. It used to be you'd have to sit at a computer 
Right. And it wasn't even a laptop. It was a desktop computer. Yeah. Then you had you had the ability to take your laptop somewhere, but you still had to be wired. Then with Wi-Fi, you could now be in a place that's secluded. And then with tablets and iPhones, or I guess for other people that have other kinds of phones too, whatever yes. they call those. Better. <clears throat> oh, <laughs> softball in the yes, air, crack over yeah. the fence. Nice job. Go. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, but, but I can find absolute... Con- uh, it, uh, seclusion mm-hmm. if sure. I want to. Sure, easy. And theoretically, nobody knows, but somebody knows. Not yeah. just God and me, but yeah. but my internet provider knows, yeah. the yeah. people I shop with knows. Plenty of and, cases out there. Yeah, that. We, can't, yeah. we can't hide, and, and that's a scary thing. That's really a scary thing. I mean, it's a good thing, but it's a scary thing. Right. Yeah, okay, so first of all, the, the it was a Supreme Court judge, and he, he was they were trying to define pornography and basically he went this long elaborate thing and he says with judgy words, you know, big legal terms. And then basically his conclusion was I can't define it for words, but I know it when I see it. When I see it. So that was kind of the, where that came. But, um, pornography is definitely prevalent. Um, but where it's rooted as Brent alluded to, I mean, we, there's, it, it, it's, it's rooted in human desire. Um, yeah. And it's throughout the Bible. A God-given human desire. Absolutely. I mean, okay, David Bathsheba, um, Potiphar's wife, tried to. Uh, I always wonder whether she was hot or not. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, was, that would make an awesome T-shirt. Well, Potiphar's I've actually, wife. I've actually did hot a vi- or not? I did a video back in the day. I did a video back in the day. So it. it uh, That's so I Did cool. like a, a sixty minutes type of thing. Was she hot? Because it'd be easier for Joseph if she. Anyway, okay, so. <laughs> Just saying. Hey, Brent, did we just go there? We did. Did we just go there? Oh, so, my goodness. But, I mean, Samson struggled. I mean, so it, on and on. It, it, uh, How many men have fallen simply I mean, even, because of even women? Out of the Bible, uh, Augustine. I mean, like it's, yeah. it's, there's... Wow. It, it, and, and you just said men for women, and it's not oh, just yeah, yeah. that way. You're so, right. You're right. But, uh, <clears throat> so it, it's a God-given desire that is given to us that Satan has counterfeited and made it something horrible you know something it's not intended to be and very accessible um yeah it's it's prevalent today and and it's taking that that thing that god has given us and not only uh abused it but i would say even changed it to where we view sexuality differently and i say we i mean we as in all of us even those that are not looking at hardcore pornography on the internet or whatever it, because of that it's it's made the other things that we do allow and watch on tv less um extreme yeah you know because yeah. well this isn't we hard become sensitized to we it. even have the words hardcore softcore and then oh, it's, or it's just it. we have ratings you know this is a PG-13 because it's only a little bit of this kind of stuff. So, you know, look at the ratings. They say brief nudity. Oh, well, we yeah. watch oh, that. Oh, it's just brief. Just brief, you yeah. know. So, so well, hey, it, when you have a, a, a mainstream uh, a broadcast of the Victoria's Secret uh, model show, mm-hmm. and it is totally culturally acceptable, and you have Christians tweeting and Facebooking live on how awesome this um, uh, Victoria's Secret, which you'd think by now they'd figure the secret out. But, (laughs) I mean, that that illustrates just how numb we've become and desensitized we've become 
to uh, protecting our hearts and our minds and really our bodies. I and mean, we're not we're in in this part of the world. We're in the United States, and so yeah, even even with government falling short in, in a lot of ways. One of the things the government still does very effectively and very well is limit hardcore type of porn yeah. on public television. Whereas if you go to parts of Europe, Amsterdam, for instance, you go to parts yep. of Europe. My sister spent some time in Portugal uh, with the Salvation Army a few years back, and she she told me between certain hours of the night you couldn't watch television because regular everyday television was pornography well. and it was it was a norm over there so we still have have restrictions but but the access to it is unprecedented in all the history of the world and then it doesn't take much to do a little bit of research you can google online basic <laughs> research parameters of what pornography actually does to the psyche, what it right. does to yeah. relationships, what it does financially, and just see every area that you look at is detrimental. Mm -hmm. It destroy it, it helps to destroy relationships between married married couples. <laughs> it helps to destroy relationships between um, premarital couples, yeah. and and it, its addiction uh, ratio, the way that it, it controls the mind, and is truly can become an addiction as addictive as Anything. cocaine and and yeah. alcohol and any hardcore uh, type drug or even things that we accept as socially norm but we still struggle with from an addiction perspective and it's rampant just just as so many things are rampant in the church it is rampant within the church but as we kind of alluded to at the beginning it's not something that's discussed you may hear a sermon on it once a year mm -hmm. but for the most part even in accountability groups it it's it really is a hush hush unless there is such love and such discipline and such freedom of accountability in a very small circles where this can be discussed it it's just something that is one of those hushed up type things that just nobody talks about. We just struggle struggle through it, and then you hear story mm -hmm. after story, then book after book written. Every man's addiction, every young man's yeah. addiction, every young every woman's battle. addiction. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a battle. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I can't remember who the author was on that, but Adderborn, I think. I'll find it. But but there, there's so much research and writings about it. Why? Because it is so prominent. Yeah. And 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 then you you look at the statistics about the guilt that's carried on it and the weight that's associated with it absolutely destroying our culture you know just hypothetically i would say 40 to 50 percent of the people who come on sunday morning were engaged in some type of pornography uh, uh act in the last seven days that's that's not an unreasonable that's probably a low prediction because it is so prevalent now of course that i just pulled that out of the air but i'm sure i'm just saying it's it's there i've uh preach messages in the past and uh, be a part of the message, not the whole message, but it'll just be one part of a bigger message on new creation in Christ or sin or whatever it may be. And times I've spoken a message like that, uh, with, without exception, um, the following week there would be phone calls or emails um, from men. I mean, it wouldn't, I'm not saying the ladies don't, but they wouldn't contact me but men that genuinely said man i'm i'm, I'm stuck I'm, I'm really struggling with this and so which i admire that they did that because 
they're they're one of the voices that actually reached out for help where you know others just live with it quietly and and um so I don't know what number you just I can't remember what number you just threw out but I said fifty percent but it, it could it's, be it's more out could there. be less yeah it, it could, could be more could be less but it's it, without a doubt it's there it's here it's in our church it's in it's in the congregation um, it is easily accessible you spoke of it as an addiction Brent I I would say it is definitively an addiction it, worse possibly than alcohol or yeah. because if somebody's an alcoholic or somebody's a um, you know a druggie or whatever. There are the functioning alcoholics that can hide it, but for the most part, those things are going to show themselves up in some way. With this, you can hide it. I mean, yep. it can really be hidden. Now, that doesn't mean it's not going to show up in other kind of weird ways later, but it can really be hidden and masked quite well, quite easily. So let, let can we go to what are the physical realities or the physical... Um, uh, consequences of pornography okay we've talked about them kind of sort of but let's let's kind of list them it's gonna okay this is this is gonna be a weird podcast it's it's a hard conversation but um it is going to give a false uh perception a false example of what sexuality is so uh you watch the stuff and then you define that that's what it's about and there's a lot of weird 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 stuff out there and it's like any other thing. If the lines moved a little bit, then you can move the line a little bit more, and yep. then to move the line a bit more, and um, it, there's what, the old slippery slope. What gets slope a person, thing. excuse me, but turned on? Yes. Today, it's not going to be enough. It's not going to be enough tomorrow, and it's not. And so your but, your 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 sensitivity to. But even that, rock. what you just said, the turned on thing, that is that's identifying a lot of it right there. It is taking something that's God given that's. That's supposed to be an act of intimacy, mm-hmm. and it's turning it into selfishness, a pure selfish yeah. desire, fulfilling me type of thing, and that is what pornography will do. Um, so it takes more and more to be turned on erotically. Now, within the context of a marriage, that means that your spouse can never measure up, because what's on the camera is perfectly placed and filmed in a way that. That it's exciting and new and whatever, and you look at your spouse, and I don't care who you're married to, Doesn't your matter. spouse will never because well, because it's the same person for one, yeah, but, but two, they're they're realistically just not going to be visually right the same as what you're going to see on the video or whatever. I mean, I, again, I know our comfort our. our it's, it's you know what? It's probably not as uncomfortable for them as we're making that to be. They're well, probably going, yes, I know. It's a weird this. conversation. Well. I've been processing, going back earlier, how far we've come in historically. Even 100 years ago, when a pastor would preach where Paul said, let there not even be a hint of sexual immorality among you as a lifestyle, truly 100 years ago, sexual immorality was someone, someone going to a prostitute. Yeah. For for the most part, that summed up the vast majority of it. Whereas today, let there not even be a hint of sexual immorality among you. We even have to define what is what the confines of a teenage girl wearing a bathing suit to a swim party looks like, or with yellow polka dots, or or oh what? Yeah. yeah, because we we live we live at Pensacola Beach, Florida. And yeah. you can go and see 
softcore porn yeah. on our beach. And you, well, I wouldn't call it porn. I, I guess I you saw you know almost completely naked Man. people. How, yeah. I don't, however, that's determined. You know, right here at our beach in the middle of summer, yep. and and then come back to a, a youth group or a church service on Sunday or Wednesday or mm-hmm. whenever we're gathering, yep. and 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 say, guys, you don't even understand. What what we're doing as Christ followers, let there not be a, a, a hint of sexual immorality among you. Um, be, be be mindful of the way that you dress so that it doesn't cause other people mm-hmm. to fall into temptation. And and we live at at the beach. Right. I mean, it's 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 crazy. And you just look. You can look at the way bathing suits have changed in the last hundred yeah. years. Just to, this year, I, I was out there a couple weeks ago for the, the wedding. You remember leading worship out out at the beach oh, last year or the year before? Yes. And I don't think you were there, Brent. You've heard this. Yes. We we were. Uh, for those who don't know, we we do a, a concert series on the beach every summer, and we go out once or twice a month, and we do basically a, a two hour worship set for anybody on the beach. We were doing this last year, the year before, oh gosh. and I'll never forget this woman in a very revealing, revealing yes. pink, hot pink bikini right in front comes of right to the very front of the stage and starts dancing worship. It was like we were ACDC <laughs> back in the 80s, and she was right in oh front of us. Oh my goodness. Bless the Lord yeah. of my soul. That was a memorable and then experience. She, but she was so drunk, she actually fell and hurt herself yep. on the front row. We wound up taking her back to her house. In uh, in our car, I with, I got with somebody else. And yeah, with a female. With this, this three, three of us <laughs> yeah. took her home because the cab. Yeah. Was, it was it was a story, but but that's actually exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. You, how do you escape the the revealing nature of our culture? I don't think we we can escape it. Yeah, because we've heard this term we a million times that sex. And sexuality sells, and it does. Uh, probably six months ago, I was walking through our local mall with my 10-year-old daughter. And at one of the stores, there was this massive, massive banner of this woman in a bra and panties. And my, my daughter, who's 10 years old, looked at me and said, Dad, why does she dress like that? And yeah. trying to explain to a 10-year-old that this, yeah, this woman— one. and I mean, it's yeah. What words? Whoa! I mean, it, it really is, and 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 helping her, helping her understand this is not the way that you should dress. You should never do this uh, in, in the mall, and it just, oh my word! And so, as a as a dad, as a Christ following dad, trying to raise up a Christ following daughter who has a heart and a passion for her heavenly Father, I, I cannot guard her eyes against everything that she's going to see. Nor my sons, nor my other daughter, nor my wife. I cannot guard them. What I have to do is help them define what their boundaries are, what their vision is, and help them to to visually, when they see things like that, to look away and know that that's not of God, that that's not what, what we're supposed to do. Because once they, once any of us cross over that line into addiction, if it's just teasing, if it's just that temptation, if it's that start... You know, there's still there's still chance to turn back and say no. And the Bible even tells us that you know these temptations are not are are, are not from God. It's from our own evil desires being mm-hmm. being fleshed out, being walking away from God. But yet He still gives us a way out. So there's still that way out. But once it crosses over into an addiction, guys, God God yeah. can and does miraculously heal and and take away 
um, um, addictions at the snap of a finger. Mm-hmm. And that has happened on occasion, but, but that is not par for the course. Mm-hmm. The vast majority of people, even as Christ followers, who eagerly desire, say, God, I don't want this. I'm begging for it not to be here anymore, still have to walk through a horrible, horrible withdrawal, uh, a progression of yeah. walking away from that in order to walk into freedom. So yeah. once that line of addiction is crossed, it's not an easy because, step back away. Because, I mean— in all honesty, any addiction does feed something inside of us yeah. that feels right and feels good in that moment. I mean, it, it, that desire is coming from a natural place. So to to see something and then to say, I'm going to keep looking at that, it does fulfill wrongly something inside of us. And so it, then that's where the addiction starts. And then it's next time, oh, yeah, I like the way that felt, so I'm going to look and, again. And, and then, let's be brutally honest here, just because... I am I am not saying here that I can get as close to the line as I want yeah. to and then pull nope. back later, but I'm, I'm going to go as close as I can, but I'm not <laughs> quite going to get to addiction. Far, Let me tell far. you, for one person, one hit of a major drug, That's and it. they are they are yep. literally addicted. Yep. It could mm-hmm. be one time. It could be two times. It could be 30 times. I don't know. <laughs> don't take that chance. Don't take that risk. Yeah. It, it, keep your eyes. Don't let there be a hint of sexual immorality as you even think about going toward pornography, sexual immorality, things mm-hmm. of that nature, anything. Close your eyes, walk away, claim scripture over yourself, draw closer to God, do something to remove yourself from that because that one time may be that addictive moment for you where you are trapped at that point. Mm-hmm. And it's so difficult and so Agreed. hard to come back after that. Agreed. And I think I think the, the, the real challenge in this is that countless times we face this addiction to pornography in all of its forms, we, we, we deal with it by addressing the pornography. And you, you alluded to this. Mm-hmm. We're, we're dancing all around it and, and because, yeah. because what we're doing is we, we basically turned and we're fighting an addiction. And so we're looking at the problem yeah. as opposed to turning to Christ and looking at him. And to me, the critical difference is this. If I'm looking at the problem that I'm setting up all these hoops that I need to go through. I'm, I'm, I'm creating safeguards and boundaries, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm basically putting obstacles in a way to keep me from doing something wrong, but I haven't changed the desire yeah. in the heart, which is ultimate. Listen, we are really, really, really good. If we want something, we're going to get it no matter how many safeguards we've put in place. Right. And our hearts are so viciously selfish that, that unless that heart is torn, turns, torn is turned towards righteousness, mm-hmm. it's going to find a way mm-hmm. that we didn't even think about safeguarding against. And then what we do is, well, okay, I'll put this safeguard, and we find ourselves trapped. So instead of facing the, the pornography, we need to face Jesus, and we need to say, okay, God, I'm seeking after you. I am seeking after Now, I'm not saying it's easy, but but y'all get, you, well, know, the, you know what I'm it's, saying? It's 12 steps. I mean, I'm not sitting here looking at them myself, but, you know, 12 steps with Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, it, there's, I know, remember number one, I think, is admit you have a problem, mm-hmm. but somewhere in there is you got to lean on a higher power, which they changed that over the year. It used to be God. You know, that's what it is for us. You, you got to lean on God. Um, then there's the accountability part built into So there, there is the aspects of, of putting up the boundaries and, and doing sure. all the things we've talked about, but there actually there's the, the higher power part, the, the God part, that the Holy Spirit's going to have to to protect that heart. And, and if, if it's somebody that's in an addiction, it's going to heal that heart and uh, and change things. So, yeah, I, 
we can only discipline our way out of a situation for so long before the heart is deceptive and, and we're going to desire that thing again. So um, it, this is getting into counseling here now. We probably just need to refer them to books and, and to a counselor. Cause, cause, and, and every Man's Battle is a good book. Here's, here, every Man's Battle is a book. There's yeah. several. Arterburn, se- Steve Arterburn, and right? Actually, I would, yes. And actually, I would say this, too, because I have researched this stuff. There, there are several books out there that aren't even Christian books that deal with this that are, that are even on the clinical type of level. This is this is a serious problem even outside of Christian circles. This is admitted out in the secular world that this is an issue. Um, so there's clinical books being written on this, and and it's uh, it, we can't. If somebody listening to this is in the addiction mode, which I'm guessing there are some who are hearing this right now, and this this is not to um, to jump on you and, and beat you up with this situation, and make you feel worse. Um, but this could be the raising of the red flag and saying, you know, there's a problem here. So my encouragement to that person would be uh, we're not going to solve this in the next <laughs> five to six to seven minutes that we have on this podcast, but admit you have a problem and let's do something about it. So it, it could be a book. It could be telling somebody. It could be counseling. Um, but So pastors, pastors and ch- Sunday school teachers and church leaders, do they struggle with this? It, it, people struggle with this, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the nature of a human is that the enemy will take a God-given desire and twist sure. it and turn it and cause us to or or tempt us to want to go. And, and that, that just makes perfect sense. So for those listening, don't ever think that, that it's not ever a struggle for people who are spiritual. But I will say that it is possible for God to totally change the heart to where the desire is different. And this, is, this was my point earlier on. To hunger and thirst after righteousness. We've we've alluded to this verse multiple times in our podcast. To hunger and thirst after righteousness. When you're pursuing God, the temptation is less, mm-hmm. or or can be less anyways. I'm not going to be definitive about it, but I think because your heart and your hunger is for the things that are pleasing to God, and the closer you are to Him, the less tempta- temptation in this area you'll face. I believe, I don't think I can... Prove it, but I th- I don't think that you can be uh, walking with God and engaged in a a habitual behavior like this. When I say walking Ooh. with God, I'm saying yeah. that you you have a you have a fresh daily walk with Him. Now, I'm not saying that you're not ever, but I'm saying you, you, because salt because light and darkness cannot be in the same spot. So yeah. so if I'm if I'm yielding to temptation on a regular basis there's some there to me anyways there's something wrong with my with my walk. Is that it, Okay so yeah I I'm going to agree and disagree. <laughs> something definitely wrong with your walk. However, because I've just I've counseled a lot of people on this subject. Um there are I've met them. There are and I'm just going to say guys. I know it's ladies but that's just who I've dealt with is guys. There are guys out there who have been in a lack of a betting word, a, a wrestling match with doing what's right. Like they are struggling and they, I really believe Christian spirit feel like, but then there's this addiction and it's just like, they got these two parts of them that are just fighting all the time. <clears throat> so yeah, they're not, they're not in a walking clean hands, pure heart relationship with God, but they're not, they're not, 
they're not a bad. They're I not agree. a bad, and they're not. I agree. They're not sinning comfortably. They're like they're. It is just like this. Con- and so you know, there are many people who are going to listen to this. Thousands going <laughs> to listen to this podcast <laughs> that that are going to hear exactly what we're saying here. They're, they're they know exactly what we're talking about right yeah. now. Um, you know what? I'll, I'll, it's it's the fight of your life, and it's yeah. the it's the it's the most important fight you're going to have. Fight it. And, and don't throw in the towel, and it's worth the fight. David, King David himself, man after God's own heart, he had it, wasn't pornography, but he looked yeah. at Bathsheba and he kept looking at her. And ultimately, so ended essentially, up to a it was live porn. It was. And I then, mean, and so where, where did he it go? enticed him to God created thing. me a clean heart, renew a right spirit, uh, don't cast me away, return to me in the joy of my salvation. So it's worth the fight. It's worth the fight. Don't give in to it. Um, keep fighting. Keep fighting. So, what does that mean? That, that that's books. That's accountability. That's possibly just counseling. Um, it's 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 going there. I mean, it, this is the hidden sin. I mean, I I know it is, and it's killing. It's killing our men. It's killing our ladies too. I just I keep saying men because that's who I know. It's killing our people. Yep. It's killing the church. It you know it's it's what the enemy does best. It is a cheap substitute for the real thing. It's an absolute intimacy killer. It rewires the brain, and it and it's it's giving self fulfillment to a to a desire that was only ever intended to be fulfilled through God's plan by a spouse. Mm-hmm. And and it's uh, it, it boy, it's smart. If I were the devil, that's what I'd do. Absolutely, I gotta say this too, just because this topic here, I have heard some people say like. Okay, but if I'm married, you know, there's is it a big deal for me and my wife to, you know, watch some porn together and stuff? Yes, it's absolutely a huge deal for you and your, you know, yeah, but I'm just enjoying with my wife or whatever. I, I've heard that. And, like, that's the craziest, kookiest thing I've ever heard in my life. Like, okay, so, and then just to be completely blunt here, if you're cool with that, then you should be cool just sitting in a room and watching two other people right in front of you. I mean, that's just dumb to me. Like, I'm not usually this adamant about something, but that's crazy. Like, it's not right. It's not right. It's not what God designed, so it's not right. Yes, and what is the excuse that's given many times is it brings spice. It brings something well, yeah. new. It does does yeah. something. Sure does. So, yeah. But, but you, again, crazy. again, but thinking about how the evil one works and the counterfeit, <laughs> there may be a legitimate issue in a marriage, and both both people trying desperately to figure out how— to bring back something that feels like it's dying, mm-hmm. how to how to renew life, and so what does the evil one do? Mm-hmm. He entices with yeah. something that's going to further destroy it, right. not bring it to health. And so there's this there is this authentic, true um, a, a desire for for a, a bonding, a, a renewing mm-hmm. of a relationship, right. but it's not founded in God. It's right. not founded in what God wants for that marriage to look like. It's founded in what the evil one wants to do to destroy it. So. There may be something true to we need more spice in our life, however you want to yep. to to verbalize it. But where we go to find that is truly Yeah, why don't you go away the for the weekend? Well, maybe a start. Do a marriage retreat. <laughs> yeah. So it would be safe to say that God is really cool with great sex for a, for a husband and a wife. Yeah, he designed it. I mean, he designed it. He built it with he all the receptors it. and all the things that happen and with that same thing, it is a mutually enjoyable and beneficial intimacy. We have made sex completely selfish, which is the root, which 
Selfishness is the opposite of love, not hate. So essentially, we've taken God's, perhaps God's greatest gift to a married couple, because it's the only, if you think about it, it's the only thing that a husband and wife share with only themselves. Mm. Everything else can be shared, but it's only the sexual bond that is, by God, just theirs to share. Mm-hmm. Pretty pretty amazing stuff. And that's probably why the evil one started attacking this specific <clears throat> issue really from from creation itself. Yeah, sure. It really is. All throughout history. This mm-hmm. is not something, Jeff, when you said we, I know you weren't alluding to this. It's not we as in this culture now. Right. It is we as humanity, as the history of humanity from the very <clears throat> beginning, all the way back to, to creation itself through today's date, whatever date this happens to be when you listen to this, it's something that has always been around. This type of issue will always be around. It's always it's, it's addressed in the Scripture in Old Testament and New Testament, and it is a call for holiness and purity. So bottom line, start to nip it in the bud. You're not going to defeat porn by just choosing, I'm not going to watch it. It is too strong and too powerful for that. You don't have enough self-will to do that. Hence an addiction. Hence an addiction. Right. The way you do defeat it, though, is you do put some boundaries and limits in place. You you do put up some guardrails. You you pull back on the line and don't allow the little things to creep in. There shouldn't be an exception for something that's going to lead us down that path. But at the end of the day, this is a heart issue, not a body issue. It is heart which means it's spiritual, which means we got to fight spiritual things on a spiritual level. I would do everything in my power. I would I would hang a picture of Jesus Christ on the, the computer screen if you have to. Put a post-it note that says, it's Jesus God's watching. Is watching. Right? I mean, you do whatever you got to do. I mean, I'm serious. Yeah. It's a fight every single day. We need to treat it as 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 dangerous and as cancerous as it really is, which I think part is, is maybe part of the problem in our culture. Completely. It's not that bad. My but goodness, well, we've had this conversation outside of podcast when we have Oreo cookies that come out with a theme celebrating a pornographic yeah. uh, HBO television show that, that children have access to and can say, hey, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. Because it's on my Oreo cookies. Yeah. That tells you the state of our culture. Yeah. Yep. But we're never going to change culture. I say never. We're, we're not going to change culture in general. And that's really not so much our job to fight against culture. Our job is to be faithful to God, to be salt and light as we are going. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a totally different thing. Yep. So, yep. Well, guys, we are at the end of our podcast. That was kind of fun. That was a fun one. Yeah. Very revealing. But you know what? Very needed. Very important. Absolutely. And I'm sure that we will come back and probably back around that. to this uh, at some point as well. Yep. All right. Until next time, we'll see you on the flip side. Thank you for listening to Messy Christianity. Three guys talking about life, faith, and everything in between. Want to know more? Check us out at www.storypointchurch.com or www.messychristianity.com.